chance on here. Pulisic picks up the loose ball and he could be in. Christian Pulisic for Chelsea, 1-0. Quick thinking by Alisson, and if Salah could lift it, still Salah, Salah! The Ghost Goal Podcast. Chelsea and Manchester City performed well on the weekend and recently in their Champions League semi-final away legs in the midweek. I'm Alex, here with Javier. We've got a... Champions League semifinals to react to. Yeah, you, We've got you, some Premier League you, and Carabao Cup. Pig, you're such a pig, Alex. Of course, you only include like Chelsea and Manchester yeah, yeah, City. Yeah. You're There's like, ah, else the, really to talk about the uh, the two, I, I the two richest clubs, fans. the two richest clubs, and the uh, the primary gods of the uh, what would have been the European Super League are now poised to make the Champions League final with their billions of dollars in owner money that has swept across the f- football and corrupted it to the reaches of the top of the Champions League. This, this, this is, is this a Premier is Javier, League podcast. Alex, uh, this is a Premier League podcast. I, I corrected uh, your, I corrected your it, opening for you, Alex. Well, in case you forgot, we we don't focus on the Real Madrids and the PSGs uh, unless we're talking specifically Champions League. But uh, the Premier League sides, you know, we're doing well in Europe, and hopefully Arsenal and Manchester United can carry on the tradition, and we can get our second all Europe or all English. Uh, Europa League and Champions League final in two years or three years, I guess. It was two years ago that that last happened. So, uh, I mean, that would be completely unprecedented if it happened. I think it was the first time it happened. So for it to happen twice in three years just shows uh, Premier League right on top, baby. But yeah, there's uh, there's plenty to talk about. There's the relegation race kind of wrapping up with uh, Burnley's 4-0 win against Wolves on the weekend. There's uh, the top four race uh, getting a bit stretched for some teams uh, like Liverpool as they choked at home against uh, Newcastle and have a, a game coming up this weekend away at Manchester United that we're definitely going to talk about a little bit later on the pod. Uh, but let's start with Manchester City. Just overall, we don't have to focus in on one game, but they had the 1-0 win against Tottenham in the Carabao Cup final on Sunday. Uh, that Then they beat PSG uh, just an hour ago. Uh, 2-1 away from home, came back from 1-0 down to a Marquinhos header in the 15th minute. De Bruyne scored the equalizer in 64th and Mares with the go-ahead goal in the 71st uh, through a hole in the wall in a free kick. And then Idrissagana Gay got himself sent off in the 77th minute. That's probably the game we want to focus on a bit more than the Carabao Cup final because that was just complete domination by City. And, you know, that's their fourth Carabao Cup win in four years. So it's pretty much the uh, Pep Guardiola trophy at this point. I imagine that after they won it, that they were like, all right, guys, like, let's just no celebrating. Like, just go home. Like, we just we had to put on a good face for the cameras, but there's no drinking or celebrating. Yeah. 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 (laughs) Either that or they were just like, all right, we we, like the Champions League game is 100 times more important. Like, we got this out of the way. Now let's focus on PSG. And honestly, the first half of that PSG game that happened today, they looked like they were a little bit hungover. Like, there was a little bit of a. you know they could they never got into a rhythm PSG just counterattacked the 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 heck out of them and 
you know, really pressed them really well. And it looked like PSG were going to go on to win, you know, two or three nil in this game. Um, it looked like Manchester City made a couple of tactical adjustments at halftime. You know, Pep Guardiola did his usual thing and, and they just came out in the second half and looked far the superior team for the entire second half. And it was really a real Jack and Jackal and Hyde performance from PSG who were kind of used to this at some point um, of them looking really good and, and unstoppable with Neymar and Mbappe. And then, you know, they just they go through these little spells of 20, 30 minutes where they let teams in Liga back into the game or they let, um, you know, a team as good as Manchester City score a couple goals on them, who now with two away goals, they're going to they're going to have the advantage going into the second leg. Um, and you got to think that Manchester City, you know, coming into this weekend, I think they still only need three wins to wrap up the league. So they, they play against Crystal Palace away um, on Saturday morning and. You know, you got to think that they're gonna pretty easily beat Palace and and be looking for that to that second PSG leg. Yeah, and then the week after that, they have Chelsea at home, so they'll really want to win that Crystal Palace game to kick things off on Saturday morning. A bit weird that they got the Saturday early kickoff after playing in the Champions League on Wednesday night. Like, you can't give that game to Tottenham and Sheffield. You you, you know that Pep's like raging. Yeah, it's it's common sense, but you know like Pep's Tottenham probably raging had no about it. Football, obviously Sheffield or, don't have any yeah. midweek football. Like, why couldn't they just put? Yeah, it's just another example of bullshit schedule making from the Premier League. I know they want to put their their big teams on in that time slot because that's when obviously the Asian markets are all watching at, at night. But I mean, I, Tottenham, Sheffield, you could have easily put there and, you know, ease the, the, the load on Manchester City schedule wise. So it doesn't get any easier for City. And I, I mean, even though they, they, they won that game and looked a lot better in the second half, I, I still think it's very much in the balance. Uh, we were saying before we started recording how PSG, all of their best performances, uh, especially in the Champions League this season, have come away from home. They scored one three two at Bayern Munich. They won, what was it, 4-1 at uh, Barcelona in the round before that. They, yeah, they're they're perfectly capable of going to the Etihad and uh, getting a win and going through still. So it has felt like that's happened in the first game, though. Both of those games were the first game of the tie. True. Um. So it does feel a little bit weird for them to be trailing going into the, like they've just like in both of their first legs they've completely caught the opposing team off guard and drilled three or four goals into them. It kind of felt like they were going to do that to Manchester City here, and then City turned it around. And it kind of feels like once PSG have gotten figured out, which Barcelona and Bayern Munich both had like a lot more joy in the second leg and look like they could have come back into it, especially Bayern, who, who just didn't go through on goal difference. So, you know, even though PSG are, you know, this is by far the hardest road to the final. I mean, all of the teams that they've played are better than any team that Chelsea has played. So whoever wins this is going to win the Champions League and deservedly so. No, whoever wins the final is going to win the Champions League, Javier. It's this rare thing that they're they're new. This new rule they're trying out, where the winner of the final wins the trophy. I, I know it's crazy, a crazy concept. Um, <laughs> I, I, I'm just saying, even though, I, okay, I didn't see enough from PSG or Manchester City to think that City has, you know, quote figured them out. I think they just turned it around in the second half because they're they're a good side and PSG lost their heads a little bit. Now that could continue in the second leg, but uh, we we've seen Manchester City sort of rest on their laurels and rest on their possession plenty of times this season. With the recently this season, uh, the the Chelsea FA Cup semi final, the the Leeds United Premier League game that they lost two one at home uh, the, the week before that. 
it's it's not out of the realm of possibility. I'm saying that PSG come back in this one, but it's, it's set up really well uh, to be a, a great second leg. Like you already mentioned, Manchester City are going to be playing Crystal Palace this weekend, Saturday at 7.30 in the morning. I probably don't need to preview this one. I mean, Palace aren't playing well. Uh, they got a little lead against Leicester and then fell apart. I'm sure Manchester City will play what is to them a B team and still probably win 2-0 or yeah, the Yeah, they'll still have like Aguero, Jesus, you know, those right. players will get a chance for Aguero to get himself back into form a little bit so he can get signed somewhere else this summer. Let's move on to uh, Chelsea because I feel like these two teams, in terms of like recapping the week, they're they're probably the teams that have you know had the the, the best weeks result wise. Chelsea got a one 0 win against West Ham on the weekend. Uh, Timo Werner finally scoring after a, a long drought. I think the, uh, the, the, the 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 bigger story in that game was that red card, obviously, um, and then also Timo oh, Werner we'll, miss, missing an two, we'll, an incredible we'll chance then, and then we'll an the incredible chance sure. in the midweek. So, but I was just I was just saying overall in this this week, Chelsea as a club, it's been a good week. You know, the the West Ham game was absolutely pivotal. Most we were level on points. Most definitely. With I mean, you guys look like you're now the 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 prime other candidate to get top four along with Leicester United and, and well, you guys are favorites now. So it, it's well, it's still open because we have argu- not really arguably. Most likely the toughest schedule left in the Premier League of any of the teams trying to get uh, trying to retain top four or get in there. So, uh, but it was an important win against a team that we were level on points with, uh, just ahead on goal difference in fourth place. We get a three point gap ahead of them, four points ahead of Liverpool, uh, and then we followed that up with a one one away draw at uh, Real Madrid. You know, not the not the best result, but a good performance, and you know, ultimately the away goal. I think we probably should have won that game, so we can be a little bit disappointed by that. But it kind of seems par for the course for how we've performed overall uh, under Tuchel, where we've defended well, you know, get, concede in like a moment of brilliance by uh, Benzema, and then don't take our chances. And the Werner chance you mentioned is, you know, that's a prime example of that, and he's a big reason why that seems to be plaguing the entire squad. But there's still plenty of other chances in that game that uh, on the counterattack or maybe not chances that ended up in shots, but moments where we were able to break on the counterattack, have good opportunities and just make the wrong pass in the final third to like trigger the good opportunity. If that can be figured out, then we've got a good chance in the second leg. I I still, I said, I said in the preview pod, we get a one, one draw in the first leg and then win one nil at home. And, I still think that's what's going to happen. The, the guy we highlighted in Golo, I mean, he was... We Did were, you hear that, Andrew? I told yeah, you. He's he was, everywhere. <laughs> there was three of him on the pitch for every cruise. There was like nine N'Golos and only one of Casemiro, Modric, and like the guy was just absolutely man of the, the match. The first half, I, I don't think I've ever the, seen Luka Modric touch the ball less in a half of football than he did in the first half of that game. Chelsea Which, played Chelsea played really really well in the first half of that Real Madrid game. I know that it was one one at halftime. Like Alex said, it really just came from Kareem Benzema. I mean, he he had an opportunity. He just created an opportunity out of nothing in the first half. Hit the post with it, and then with the this opportunity, he pretty much created it by himself as well. And an unreal volley finish in the rain. Well, it was like a header into him from and yeah. went behind him, and he just and he, was able and to he swivel and still just like rocket it into the no, top. No, he controlled he controlled it with his head, like flicked it up in the air, and then like volleyed it before it hit the ground. It was just an unreal goal. And since Cristiano Ronaldo left Real Madrid, Karim Benzema, uh, which was in 2018, after the 2018 2019 season. Benzema's gotten 85 goals. Yeah. 
which he's, is incredible. The next, the next most and people still don't really talk about him as like in the same category as Lewandowski or Suarez or the next you know, most any of the other. goals that anyone any player on Real Madrid has scored is Sergio Ramos with twenty five. So in that period since Cristiano left, Benzema's just been far and away their their best player and their big threat and the reason why they're in this position in the Champions League semifinal because you know they they haven't been amazing they they did get a a, a really nice that three one win against Liverpool is probably the best we've seen them this season um, well, but they and really also those goals were gifted to them like two yeah, of those goals were gifted to them they, by Liverpool this this never really they never really got off the ground running and you know I think uh, they'll be happy with the draw against Chelsea here because like you said Chelsea really probably deserve to win on the run of play and will be kicking themselves a little bit that you guys didn't get you know a two or even a third away goal here um, because Real Madrid won't be that bad in the second leg and much like PSG they've gotten a lot of their big results away from home this season in La Liga I think it's probably because they're not playing at their stadium they're playing on like their training ground pitch which was a little bit weird um, still, like a, I actually think that's I th- actually think that's a positive for them. Oh, uh, I'm not the, the place it, you it train be, every but, single day. You get to play your games in. Like, it, how much more familiar with a with a with a pitch can you be? It's a pretty nice stadium for just right. being it's like, like a, a training pitch. It's stadium. like a League One stadium in England, or like a nicer version of that. But the amount I think it has like six or seven thousand seats or something. Yeah, it's like a. A very nice training pitch, that's for sure. It did also feel surreal playing a Champions League semifinal in somewhere that small. Like somewhere with like, you could see the trees in the background. And yeah, that that felt pretty weird. But we'll be, we'll be back at the bridge for the, but, the second leg. But uh, I do want to talk about the Chelsea-West Ham game because... It, it, it yeah, pretty much... It pretty much Well, no, it pretty much went how we predicted, which was West Ham without Antonio, Cresswell, and Rice in midfield just didn't have that drive and, and push and pull that we've seen from them all season. They just didn't have the the quality in midfield and an attack to, to really hurt this this Chelsea team that are incredibly hard to break down right now. And, you know, probably 1-0 was the, the, the correct result in the end. I mean, Timo Werner missed an, an incredible chance. I know that he got a goal in this game, but it was a tap-in from two yards out, so I don't give him any credit whatsoever from well, it. Well, okay. So and then he missed actually, a chance no, no, that was just as well. You have to give him credit well. for that. You no, have to I give don't. him some credit no, for that. No, I don't. No, I don't. If you go back and watch He's the goal, garbage. Part, part of the reason, yeah, I think I think it goes into what people have been saying about him. Like, obviously, it's a tap-in. I'm not going to praise him just for the finish alone. But in the build-up to that goal, there's an, an entry ball from N'Golo uh, that he, you know, gathers with his back to goal, holds off Ugbana, turns Ugbana, you know, carries it a little bit, lays it off to uh, Pulisic, who then gets it out to Chilwell. And then he just like slowly makes his way back into the box and gets into a position to tap it in. But that's something that we've been criticizing uh, Werner for that hasn't been his finishing is his ability and build up. He seems like robotic and not very, you know, sure of himself on the ball. Like there have been some like some situations where he's just wide open in space on the counterattack and he plays like a ball across like he's done a couple times to Z action uh, for Tammy Abraham earlier in the season that he looks fine. But for the most part, when teams are sitting deep on him and he has to like dribble at people and then distribute, he'll give away the ball a lot of the time. It'll get caught between his feet and he'll like lose control of it. It's it's kind of been rough to watch. But in that instance, he did well to hold it up and, you know, just sort of usher it on to the the next player and then get right, back into position but, to score. So for, for a that's a positive. Who, who you but guys he's missed paid, too many chances. You know, 60 million for 
I'm not going to give you, I'm not going to like say that that's enough because people, people enough. were, people were judging Nicola Pepe, you know, last season for being in similar form to what Morata is now and calling him a flop and saying all sorts of horrible things about him. So I you think just right called now, Morata, Nicola Pepe. No, you just you you just called uh, Timo Werner. Oh, Morata. Well, he, he pretty much is Morata. So at this <laughs> no, point, no, no. See, you paid the same that's, amount that's of money. That's the overall point He's I'm trying trash. to make. Is that Timo Werner no, like, is not like Morata. No, he may Morata miss was, like Morata, no, Morata was but he good. does not. He does not drop his head and sulk like Morata. No, did. he doesn't. He but still Morata, presses well. He still contributes like for the but most Morata part. Morata was the still good in build up and like looked good like in he was getting okay. positions Dude, on the ball. Remember how soft he was. Remember how often he would just get bullied by Premier League center back. Yes, but now Werner feels like it's not that he gets bullied, but it feels like he just he just he doesn't kinda, cry about it. He still yeah. puts his head down and works his ass off and helps whether he sure. scores the goal or not. Which he kind, he kind I, of I has to though. That. He got a big money move to a club where he's getting paid a ton of money. Like he just has to put his head down and try his best. Like he has no room to be complaining or like saying that anyone's doing anything for him because it's not like he's not getting chances in these games. It's different when you're a striker and you're not getting the service and your midfielders aren't playing well and your backline isn't playing well and you're conceding goals so by by that nature you're not playing your best game because the rest of the team isn't but when the rest of your team is keeping clean sheets playing well and the only ingredient left right now is to finish off chances and it's not like he's not getting chances then i think you can put blame on him and ask why is why why was that price tag there is he going to be the striker for chelsea for the future etc etc because it looks like tammy abraham's going to be moving on this summer chelsea apparently have put a 40 million pound price tag on him which i think is hefty but chelsea seem to be able to get that type of money for for players that they don't have need for they've done it in the past with morata and costa and and many others and if you guys can go and get 40 million for tammy and reinvest that into i mean it looks like you, you, you maybe you still need another center midfield cover um and maybe maybe another like creative creative attacking or or striker option especially if you let tammy abraham go yeah but i think that this win you know gives you guys the pole position to to make it through to the champions league you know um it's in your hands now and you guys are three points three points clear with with a goal difference of you know at least plus 10 on west ham so it's almost like you're four points clear and i I mean i think i know that you've always said that liverpool are the main threat but they seem to be choking it away you know, yeah, they, well, they, they, I, they, I want to talk they, about them in a second because I do want to mention the the Fulham game this weekend. Are, are we are we counting Fulham out? Do you think that ha- the the Burnley yeah they're results? out they're out that's that was the they, so do you think they, that affects uh, this weekend with the Chelsea game? Do you think they'll still you know go hell for leather thinking they can still get safety? I think or? they'll try. I think they'll try, but I, I maybe you'll even see the 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 effect like all, that all they need is a push. Like if we score early, they, they might just, just collapse. Fall apart. Yeah, they'll just right. collapse. Absolutely. But but what I'll say is that if you know, if they, it could be the same type of effect that kind of West Brom had once they pretty much got certainly relegated where it freed them oh, up God, a little don't bit do to, this to me. <laughs> where it freed them up a little bit to just play their game and and attack. <laughs> So we do have to watch that because we, we've seen that be a factor in all the, in like seasons past where like teams that have been relegated have gone out and like beaten a team that's like fighting for like the title or top four. And like you just would watch never watch expect Mitrovic. it. Watch Mitrovic score a, a brace against Ireland and Chelsea within a month of each other and me just be like completely despondent about it. I'm, I'm the, the only reason I'm saying that is just because you guys did put in 
a lot of effort against West Ham and Real Madrid, and most of the same players played in both of those games, especially in Golo Conte. It was the first time since Tuchel arrived that he played the exact same starting 11 in consecutive games. That, that was the big surprise, that he hadn't so, made a change so, for the Real game. So, it's so there a, definitely it's going to be a lot of rotation for the Fulham one. And I don't think... I mean, it, maybe it could end badly, but I, I think we're we're good enough, and the, there are good enough players to come in, like Reese James, Hudson Odoi, Ziyech, uh, Kai Havertz. I thought was going to start one of those last two games. Um, I thought he was going to start the Real Madrid game, but he kept with Werner. Um, he's certainly going to play against Fulham. So, uh, and then maybe Kovacic is back. We're not really sure of that yet. So, I'm I'm pretty confident it's just going to be a two nil win early goal then it's kind of tight for the majority of the game and then a goal midway through the second half and it's just kind of boring from there because uh, yeah, Fulham usually give us one good game a season or... and they gave us a good game in the first one and we won that one nil so I'm thinking this is the game where it's just kind of easy yeah I could see it I could see it being 2-1 2-0 I could even see a Chelsea blowout if if Fulham have just like you said kind of given up at this point and Javier you said you get in the last pod, goal, we, don't, we don't blow people out anymore you don't. You really don't. I mean, but, we did to, but if we you did to Palace, well, well, I was going to say if you play your Fulham. backup, if you play your backup team of like Giroud and like Ziyech and Havertz, who knows? Those players are fresh enough and and may like want to stake a place in the Champions League side. You know, the next game that they might go all out and, and score some goals. So I, I think it could be a fun run between Chelsea and Fulham, but the the way that Tuchel games have been going so far does not suggest that. So. I'm going to say we, Chelsea win as well, but I'm going to say I'm going to say three one. Okay. Uh, yeah, let's talk about Liverpool because uh, they had a one nil lead against Newcastle that they uh, got Joseph in the third minute of that Gordon game. Willock, God. <laughs> and then uh, they had a bunch of chances after that. Probably should have won three or four nil. Salah alone could have had a hat trick. It's so many missed chances. Uh, Mane as well. And uh, then, yeah, 95th minute after having a goal by Callum Wilson chalked off for a handball that seemed kind of crazy, uh, like a couple minutes before that, Joe Willock, uh, you know, gets a knockdown and scores in the 95th minute. Fourth Premier League goal for Newcastle in 10 games. At this point, like, they have to sign Most of them have been in the last four games. I know. (laughs) Never mind. No, I know. They've, and they've all been like huge, important goals where, I mean, I was saying it on the last pod where a point in this game is, was huge for, for Newcastle. It pretty much, like, I think all but guarantees their safety now. And yeah, they're like nine, are they nine points ahead of uh, Joe, Joe Willocks won them seven points by himself, which is good for you, Joe. You know, at least Basically, five. You, you can blame Joe Willock and uh, now Chris Wood for there not being a relegation battle this season. Shout, shout yeah. out to Chris Wood. He's one of only five players in the last five seasons who have scored 10 or more Premier League goals. Um, I believe it's him, Lacazette, Salah. There's a, there's a couple more. Uh, I think not Aguero anymore. He's up there. He's he's one of the five well, f- players who've scored the more impressive surprisingly, stat, Lacazette is is also in that list. You're talking about uh, Salah, right? Salah, yeah. For the last five years, they've scored ten or more Premier League goals. I actually don't know if Mane's there yet this season. I don't think he is. No, he's not. the The more impressive stat I saw about Mo Salah was that he's the first player since uh, Ian Rush in the '80s to have three goals or three seasons in a row with uh, twenty or more goals in the league, and Ian Rush had four in a row. Uh, obviously during that like the peak times of uh, Liverpool's prosperity so yeah to be mentioned in the same categories their greatest ever goal scorer is very impressive Um, 
what's but, what's what, but he like, missed so many chances do like, you remember how, what we like, said about liverpool i wanted to see a reaction here i wanted to see them their only focus is now on the league this is like all right guys you got to get top four here do or die time i know andrew's been pulling out the stop saying you know it's time liverpool like i know my boys are going to come through and it seems like they've they're just it doesn't seem Not. like they're playing badly <laughs> yeah it just seems like they're choking right now like they're making chances. They're getting, uh, still playing well in possession. Still kind of playing their high octane football. But every game seems to be a draw when they should win. And so they're four points <sighs> off Chelsea. They have Manchester United this weekend, while Chelsea have Fulham. So, but let's say, I, well, I'm going to predict that this is going to be a draw. The Man United Liverpool game, just because most of Man United's you know big games this season have usually ended in draws. Uh, let's say they draw that and Chelsea win. So they're now, what, six points behind Chelsea with four with four games to go. Their last four games are pretty easy. Southampton at home, West Brom away, Burnley away, Crystal Palace at home. They could win that. They could win out there. No, but, but how confident are you after watching results like this, the Newcastle one, that they're 100% going to win all uh, four of those games? No, I'm not. You, you can't I'm not, predict that anymore. I'm not. And, and, and like you said, I mean, if, especially if they drop points against United here, they would need to get like an emphatic win against Manchester United here. Who, I mean, they've pretty much locked up top four at this point. They're not. Yeah, one hundred percent. They're not. But they're not dropping it, out. It's a must-win game. How about that? You, you gotta, you gotta put uh, the the, New, the Newcastle one was probably must-win. So. The Newcastle one was must-win. The one before that was must-win as well. So they, they, who, who did they play before? So if those games were must-win, then just, I, I know they're not mathematically out of it, but. Is it safe to say, like, we kind of have, like, a vote of no confidence in Liverpool's ability to get back into the top four? Because I'm kind of there. Like, Jurgen Klopp seems to be making kind of dumb substitute, like, decisions. He took off Thiago when he was absolutely, like, running the game, which was kind of predictable because it was Newcastle. And he brought on Curtis Jones for uh, for Thiago. And I don't know. There were just some some strange decisions there that I, I thought he, he could have just keeping things the way they were. And right, they drew with Leeds. That was the other. More. That was the the last two draws that you kind of, and they got lucky to get that draw. You know, they probably should have lost against Leeds, which again for a team that had a hundred points last season, I believe. Right? Didn't they have a hundred points last season? No, City City's the only one to ever have a hundred points. Or they they, they had ninety nine. I don't know. They they had some ridiculous point total last season, and they've been amazing for the last two seasons. For them to have such a massive drop off. I know that they've had a couple of injuries, but it, it is kind of shocking how big the drop off was, even with the injuries, you know, to only have 54 points when at this point last season, they probably had 30, 35 more points. There's there's rumors right now of possibly wanting to move Mane on for some big money or moving Salah on. I think both of them have two years left on their deal coming in after this, uh, coming into the summer. So it's kind of that, that sweet spot where if you want to sell a player, you kind of need to sell them at this point. And then if not, you want to resign them. I think, I know they're going to resign one or the other. I don't know if they'll resign both. They might want to make a, a, you know, a shuffle in there to freshen things up at front. I don't know. What do, what do you think of that? I, if I was Liverpool, I would have, their eye on I know Andrew's mentioned Mbappe but I just can't also, take that seriously do we do we are we gonna Hyun Ming Sun they need to have an eye on him and I, I think they would move on Mane since he has you know pretty pretty decidedly had the the worst season between him and uh, Salah Salah's still got do the you really goals. just get rid He's of him after like the two seasons before him being a top five player in the world, like the last two seasons, like being I mean, you in- either get rid of him or you re-sign him. And I, I doubt he wants to re-sign 
after a season where he's just played like the worst he has since he was at Southampton or before that. Like, I, I don't think the player himself would want to sign a new contract under, you know, the current playing conditions because he wouldn't get as much money as he wanted. And it's probably like his last big contract. I, so uh, w- without that new contract, then you have to make the decision whether to sell him or not or to let him stay another year. And then you start risking losing him for nothing. So it, 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 it's a it big looks summer like Liverpool, for Liverpool. Liverpool have, Liverpool have already signed. Andrew did, you know, make a brief mention of him on a few pods back. Uh, Ibrahim Kanate from RB Leipzig. It looks like yeah, Liverpool that's, that's have already attack. picked him up. No, but but that that could be a, a a very very good signing. Who we've you know been hearing and watching him for the last couple of years. Him along with the Pomicano has really caught the eye um, at RB Leipzig. They're both the starting center backs for, for the France U twenty one team. So this is already players who are kind of destined to be playing on the France national team, and for Liverpool to pick one up. Um, I think that's that's a that's kind of a coup for for them, and it could be of of an amazing pairing with Van Dijk. And you know, if, if Gomez can can stay fit, that could be a good three center backs right there, along with you know Kabak. I think that's it's a very very good core going into next season um, if they can get Van Dijk healthy and, and back into the team. So, like you said, I think they're just going to have to make an, a, a signing or two up front. Uh, move on a little bit of their Deadwood and, and like Oxa Chamberlain and Shakiri, um, and honestly, like. They have to get at least, I think, Europa League. I know that Liverpool. Uh, Andrew says he'd rather die than play on Thursdays, but it's definitely better than not having any type of Europe at all, especially if you're a team who has been making the Champions League finals and semifinals, and you know always have, look, have been looking at yourself as a as a favorite in the Champions League the last few years to suddenly have no Europe whatsoever. Um, I know that that Chelsea have made the best of that a couple of times, but that's generally not a good thing to to not have any Europe at all. So. I also, think that what, what level of player would they be able to bring in, even if they, if, even if they get Europa League? I, I just mentioned briefly, you know, Son as an option for them to shake things up uh, further up the pitch because it does seem to have gotten a little bit stale, other than for Shota, uh, of course, but he can't really stay healthy. I'm just trying to think, like, would, would Son even want to go to Liverpool? He, he's could, another player I, like Harry Kane that there's going to be rumors about him leaving Spurs this summer, especially if they don't get any Europe at all. Yeah, and I mean, you the know, the manager that right signing now, is kind of underwhelming. We don't know yeah. who it's going to be, but if it's Gareth Southgate, like there's rumors of, then I doubt Hyun Ming Son would want to stay at Tottenham for that. He's coming up to 30 pretty soon. And he's going to want to go to a club where he thinks he's going to be in contention for some big trophies soon. I mean, yeah, it's it's crazy that at this point in his career, he still hasn't won any trophies. He's such a great player, and there's there's arguments of him, you know, being the greatest ever South Korean player. And I think while there's, it's undeniable that he's the most talented South Park Korean Chi player. Sung. Obviously, Park Ji Sung with his trophies. You know, you can't you can't get past that. You need Son to win a, a couple of trophies before you can really give him the mantle of best best like South Korean player ever so and I don't know if that's something he cares about or that's particularly important but you know I, I do think he needs to move on from Spurs if he wants to to win something in the next two or three years that he you know really has but, left in uh, of, to, of to be being fair, really good in his career the level of hype that Son has in South Korea is supposedly on the same level as like Brazilians had for Neymar or like, like all of China, the Koreans, China with Yao Ming, yeah. All of the Koreans knew about Son when you know he was you know like first coming up, and you know everyone else was just kind of like yeah, 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 sure, Son, sure. And then he just started scoring bangers at Leverkusen uh, for a couple of seasons and got the move to Tottenham and has hasn't looked back. So 
yeah, if, if Neymar had gone this long in his career without winning any trophy whatsoever, I'm pretty sure the, the Brazilian people would be like, what the hell is wrong with him? He's overrated. And that, there's a lot of pressure that comes with that. Obviously, that's a much bigger footballing nation and a bigger population overall than uh, Korea. But I'm sure Son still feels it. There's going to be pressure there for him to move. I do want to talk about this United game specifically. I know I already kind of gave my cards away saying I think it's going to be a draw, but um, United just seem, I feel like they seem re- like resolute enough defensively. I, I was looking at like Chelsea stats for uh, best defenses since Tuchel took over. And obviously I was looking at that with the purpose of seeing Chelsea have the best defense in the Premier League in that time. But uh, they've conceded eight goals and then uh, two uh, in second place is Manchester United with 10 goals in that time. So they've got the second best defense in the last uh, two months or so in the Premier League. So it's going to be even tougher for Liverpool away from home. I, I can't remember the last time they won at United in the league specifically. Do you think uh, them having more to play for is going to have an, have an effect and they get the win here? Do you kind of agree it's just going to be a draw? I think United have just been taking care of business in these games. You know, they've, like you said, they've been, their, their MO has sort of been getting draws in this and they do have a really big game against Roma on Thursday, but I kind of I kind of feel like that's going to just be a, an easy win for them. And I feel like they could just wipe the floor with Roma with their backups even. Yeah, me too. And I, and then I think they're going to still play a, like a full lineup against Liverpool. And you know that there's nothing better for United and United fans in ruining Liverpool's day. And like getting a win here would kind of almost like kick Liverpool out of top four. I mean, I know that Liverpool could very easily win their last four games, but that could very easily just not be enough to get top four. So um, they really, I think, need at minimum a draw here, if not a win. I mean, a win would be huge for Liverpool and wouldn't affect Manchester United very much. They're they're going to finish second place um, unless Leicester goes on some ridiculous run and wins out and United doesn't. But yeah, I think United United have to be looking at the Europa League, thinking that that's going to be their you know their chance of a trophy this season and of getting some some serious silverware. And they they probably feel pretty comfortable in the league. Um, but I think if they got a draw or a win here, it would pretty much lock it up at this point. You know, even though West Ham are twelve points off them, it's impossible basically for that to happen. But I think a well, draw. How do, you, how do you think it's going to go? Yeah, draw. A draw. Yeah, I think so. I think like a one-one. Same. One-one draw. God, even even like. Even a, even a nil nil, because yeah. even so a, many a, like a dr- for United. <laughs> even like a drab nil nil. That's just been United's, you know what they do in these types of games. They stifle you and they try to play on the counterattack, and they're happy with taking a nil nil draw if if that's what comes along. So I mean, I'm sure they'd love that. It would be the perfect way to screw over their rivals. Looking at the schedule, there's not many more really interesting games. I guess Burnley, West Ham, but Burnley have basically, with that 4-0 win over Wolves, they've it's, locked up safety. It's and- worth mentioning It's worth mentioning that Everton have a game in hand. Yeah, Everton-Aston Villa. Yeah, with, with Saturday, like a, 3 p.m. That's a with, a li- with a little bit of momentum. You know, I know that they, they played horribly against Arsenal and got the win, but... After they had that string of like four that they didn't four winless, they've gotten a couple wins and they're if they if they win their this game in hand against Villa, they'll be at fifty five points, level on points with West Ham. So they they could be that second team that could be in there, outside shots for top four. And then Spurs play Sheffield United. Surely they're going to beat Sheffield this this weekend, and they'll be on fifty six points, which might still be you know too much if Chelsea get the win. They'll still be five points behind Chelsea but again they you know they don't have the hardest end of the season either of Tottenham and these are all outside shots these are outside shots for for but Leicester right now with their with their win we do have to talk talk Leicester here because 
Yeah, that, that, we, that's, we, kind of, that's kind of rude of me. <laughs> we were we were saying we were saying that it's possible that they're going to drop out of top four if they didn't get you know results against West Brom and Crystal Palace. They ended up getting results against both of them. Kalachi Hinacho continues his goal scoring bonanza. I think that's now eleven goals in the last ten that games, something against, like that against Palace. Well, that was winner. unreal. That was so Jesus. such a beautiful goal. If you haven't seen Kalachi's uh, winner there, it was a fantastic solo effort, and he just. It seemed like to effortlessly just whip it into the into the the middle of the net, but with such venom that the goalie couldn't even react to it. It was it was such a phenomenal finish, and you know this Leicester City side, I think they're they're going to do it. I think they're going to make top four this season. I know they have um, a, a, a hard run of fixtures after this Southampton game. Well, after the Southampton game uh, Friday at three p.m., they're going to have uh, Newcastle at home. Then they'll have Manchester United away. The week after that, they were supposed supposed to play us away in the Premier League, but instead they'll have the FA Cup final against us, and I'm sure that will the league game will get rescheduled to midweek between that FA Cup final and then the final weekend of the season where they're they're going to host uh, Tottenham. So, so yeah, that's that's some they're going to have Chelsea twice, Manchester United, and Tottenham in their last four games. So you re- but you got to think that they they'll probably get a win against um, Southampton here and. I'll probably get a win against Newcastle. And with those two results, if they get those two wins, like they're going to get top four. I also, think. a lot of it may depend on results around them because that uh, FA Cup final being the second to last Premier League week of the season, all the other clubs are going to be playing against each other. And I mean, I still don't know this for sure, but you, you would think they'll reschedule that Chelsea-Leicester game to just being like on Tuesday or Wednesday after the FA Cup final. So we play each other twice in a week. And by that point, every other team may have one game left to play. So a lot will be sorted out by then. And Chelsea and Leicester will have two. And I'm just throwing this out there. We may both already kind of have top four close to locked up. Or and one like of us want might. a draw. Yeah. And like, and a, just like a draw, draw would draw benefit and you guys. Just handshake and go home. And, yep. you know, we have Villa away in the last day of the season and they have Spurs at home and Spurs may be out of it. They may still be in it. We don't know. But I'm willing to bet they're going to be out of it. So uh, we're, we're making this, this up to be like Leicester have a really difficult end of the season, but it could just shake out with like it has plenty of seasons recently where the other teams that are just like outside of the conversation just kind of choke and go away. Uh, I, I'm starting to change my mind a little bit about the Liverpool and Chelsea both to make top four uh, pick because Leicester just uh, they just wiped the floor with both West Brom and, you know, eventually Crystal Palace. Uh, that Palace game had me thinking that was the, the start of the, uh, the the capitulation, but credit to Leicester and credit to Ian Acho. He's and it's why almost single-handedly. He's been the difference between this Leicester uh, this season and, and last season. I mean, he's they've gotten kind of similar crucial injuries to some of their star players. Vardy's just stopped scoring like he did at the tail end of last season. He has, he has a couple he, he has a couple goals, but yeah, yeah, he's, yeah, not, no, he's, but not he's not the man right now like Ian no, Acho is. No, and he won the Golden Boot last season, which, you know, that's not going to happen he? this season. Yeah, he did. Vardy? He did. He won it last season. Wow. Why did I forget that? <laughs> I'm not. I'm not doubting you. I just forgot it. <laughs> yeah. No. It, it it was Jamie Vardy who won the Golden Boot, and yeah, but he did fall off a bit. You were right in the second half of last season. So he's fallen off here, but I, I still think he's playing well enough. Like with the Anaxio, we've talked about it a couple times before. He, he he's not. He, he's not just you know playing badly and not scoring. He's playing pretty well and just happens to not be scoring as much as he usually would. 
and doesn't necessarily need to because Iheanacho is playing well enough. So I, I think at this point, they just have to win these next two games against Southampton and Newcastle. That will pretty much guarantee them top four. And then they can uh, set their sights on winning a trophy under Brendan Rodgers in the and then, FA Cup and final. I think now that Burnley are safe, even though they are playing pretty well right now, I think West Ham do the job on them um, in that Monday game that they have. Um, and then the other kind of fun game that's that's uh, people might want to watch if you just want to watch a, like a neutral fun game, I think Brighton leads. I think there'll be a lot of goals in that one. I think that could be like a 3-3 or a 3-2 That'll be from, Saturday from either at 10 a.m. Right after the so, Palace Man City game and before so the Chelsea Fulham game, there's some decent games um, outside of the United Liverpool game. Nothing like that super jumps out, but I think there's still some fun, entertaining ones. Okay, well, we can wrap things up there. Javier, thanks for jumping on with me. Uh, you can follow us on social media at JavierF9 for Javier's Twitter, at ASMoss92 for my Twitter and Instagram, at Andrew Pissarro uh, for Andrew's Twitter and Instagram, and at Ghost Pod for the podcast socials. And until next time. Thank you.